Welcome back, everybody. My name is Cole Newton, and you are listening to the Glory Fincher Podcast. This is the podcast that has to do with purpose, but a specific kind of purpose, your glory venture, which is an enhanced type of purpose. Now, what is a glory venture? A glory venture is this. A glory venture is the journey you go on to find and fulfill your unique purpose that serves something greater than yourself. Let me say that one more time. Your glory venture is this, the journey you go on to find and fulfill your unique purpose that serves something greater than yourself. Now, how do you do this? One may ask. Well, let me give you the four principles of the glory venture philosophy. The four principles are this, truth, love, faith, hustle. Truth. There are two types of truth. There's truth that we can't change and there's truth that we can change. There's things that are true right now that don't have to be true forever. Love. Love is the good being, goodness being transferred to or through something. That's what love is. It's goodness being transferred. Faith. Faith is a mindset you have to have. You have to have a mindset of faith that tomorrow is always going to be better than today. That if you go out there and you start searching for your purpose, you're gonna get things are gonna get better. And if you find your purpose, not only is your life gonna get better, but some other people's lives are gonna get better too. Because your purpose serves something greater than yourself, serves other people. And then hustle. As I like to say, God spoke the world into existence. Humans hustle the future into existence. We are creators of the future, and we do that through hustling. So those are the four principles of the glory of the Glory venture philosophy, truth, love, faith, and hustle. Now, you know, one of the most important things I want to do with this podcast and through the Glory Venture brand as a whole is to connect you with the knowledge, the ideas, and the people that can help you on your Glory Venture. You know, and, and today I want to talk about knowledge specifically, and there's two types of knowledge. There is general knowledge and there is specific knowledge. Now, general knowledge is this. General knowledge is knowledge that if we, as human beings, learn it, get to know this general piece of knowledge, it can help all of us. It's general knowledge. It's something that everybody should know or that everybody does know. So you got to know general knowledge. And then when you're going after your purpose, you're starting to find out what that is and it's a little bit more specific, you need specific knowledge. That's the second type of knowledge, right? You need specific knowledge on how to do your purpose, how to live that out, how to serve people with that purpose, right? For example, police officers need to know a different set of information from firefighters. That is specific knowledge, how to do their specific jobs, right? But general knowledge is how to drive a vehicle. Like police officers both need to know how to drive cars, right? That's general knowledge in a sense. Like if you're living in America, um, we drive cars. That's one of the things we do. We have opportunities to use public transportation. But I'm from Oklahoma City, and most people own vehicles. You know, I'm not going to say everybody, but most people do. It's general knowledge to know how to do that, right? So today I want to talk about general knowledge. This is not knowledge that everybody knows about, but it is knowledge that everybody, if everybody knew it, would drastically change the way your life goes. It's starting to understand what's happening with you. The subject I want to talk about, if you haven't read the title yet of this podcast or seen it, let me give it to you now. Today, the subject matter for today is mindset. 
You know, you think of mindset, you hear a lot of different things. Some people say it in different ways. They might say attitude, your attitude sucks, or you have a great attitude, right? You have a right mindset. That's really what they're saying. Or you have great beliefs. Your thoughts on the world, your perspective is so great. You have a great mindset. That's what they're saying. Your mindset is the proper way. Now, when it comes to mindset, you know, um, we want to talk about, you know, everyone on earth is affected. And your mindset, 95% of what happens in your mindset, you don't control. It's out of your awareness. It is in what you call your subconscious mind. Only 5% is, is in your control that you are aware of at one time. That's your conscious mind. You know, today I want to talk about, like I said, how the brain works, dive a little bit more into subconscious and conscious mind, why we have those two types of the mind, two parts of the mind, and how they impact your entire life. And what can we do with the information that we're going to learn today, right? Now, the first question I want to ask is why the brain works the way it does, right? You know, we have this brain, most of us don't realize it, but it's the world's fastest, most depth and memory supercomputer to ever exist. The brain is the best supercomputer on earth by far. No computer that we have created as people can match the brain. So with that said, I want to talk about what, what the, the two parts of the brain that are so important and that affect us every day that we don't even realize it, or at least we do one of them, but not the other. You have first is you have the conscious mind, right? This is the thinking mind. This is where we're taking in new information. This is when, when you're in school and you're learning, you're going through books or you're reading or you're driving around in life and you're noticing things. You see, oh, look, uh, the sky today is blue or, or the grass is green or, hey, that tree's dead or alive. You're noticing things, these things. You're taking these things in through your senses, right? Your five senses. When you take things in through your senses, they're in your conscious mind. You see, you smell, you taste, you hear, and you touch all throughout your life. When you do those things, those are the conscious mind. You notice them for the most part, right? They're conscious, right? Now, the other part of your brain is your subconscious mind. This is where your memories are stored. This is where your habits and patterns are stored. Now, what do you, Cole, what do you mean by habits and patterns? I'm going to go into that, All right? This is where we, subconscious mind is also where we give things meaning, whether it's a good meaning or a bad meaning, positive or negative. This is where we give things an emotion, right? When we see family we haven't seen in a long time, we get overjoyed, right? It's because we love them. We know that what's another emotion is love. We've attached emotion to them and us being with them is so much better than not being with them. And so when we don't get to see them for a long time, we we see them, we finally, we get off that airplane, especially right now around the holidays, we're going to visit family we don't see all the time. You know, you get excited about being with your family. Those memories, that, that emotion that comes out is in the subconscious mind. It's been there the whole time. And you've attached that emotion, that meaning to your family. You love them. That's, that's the important part. That's where the, that's in your subconscious mind. Now, what does this all mean? 
right? What does the subconscious mean? It's the most impactful part of your life, right? There's, like I said earlier, there's 95% of your life you're unaware of and only 5% you're aware of. 95% of your life, of your daily brain activity is going on in your subconscious mind, right? Why is this? Why do we have a conscious mind and subconscious mind, right? And how do they impact us? Well, let's go back. When human beings are born into this world, they really have great brains. They have wonderful, beautiful baby brains. And those brains are in a very, very susceptible to other people. How do I put this? Impressionable, impressionable minds. These babies are coming into the world. They don't know how to walk, talk. They, they know how to eat, right? That's kind of natural, but they still got to learn and figure things out or they're going to choke, right? There's so much they need to learn, to know, right? So the way the brain works in the first seven years of your life, which is called theta, it's called a theta years. That's a theta stage of your brain. You're basically in a hypnotic state. You're basically, your brain is just taking in every bit of information. At this point as a baby, you really don't have a point of reference for anything. And so you're just taking it all in. You're just a big sponge as a little baby, right? And the way we communicate is we feel something and we just blah, we just make noises. We scream, we cry, we laugh, you know, we, we smile right after a few days you know, we don't even have freaking teeth yet, you know, but we communicate. We're starting to figure out how to communicate. But as we're in those early phases, what we're doing is we're just taking everything in. You're watching the, the habits and the patterns, right? You see your mom and dad and they love you. They show you care. You're like, okay, that's mom. That's dad. You're starting to assign meaning and emotions to the people you're around, right? That's brother. That's sister. You know, you're not quite sure who grandma and grandpa are yet. They're just those older stranger people that are around but but you're starting to figure out people you're starting to familiarize yourself with the people that are around you the most right you're starting to take in information from day one kids are doing this right and why is that why is that what they need to do well they don't know anything first seven years of life you learn uh, pretty much all of your basic functions for life you learn how to walk talk eat act behave you also learn what to believe you also learn value. Where should you put your values? Some of the world's most genius prodigies in chess were raised playing chess before the age of seven in those young early years. Well, so when they were in that theta state, they're learning how to play chess so that when later in their life, that a capability is just there. It's deep and buried in the subconscious mind. Like I said, the subconscious mind, this is where we store habits and patterns. Where do we get these habits and patterns? We get it in the first seven years by watching the people that are around us the most. And who is that for the most part? It's usually family, mom, dad, sister, right? And when people don't have that, that solid home life, right? There's, there's lots of chaos, right? Chaotic. It's a mess. You grow up, your mind adapts and observes the world in that manner and takes that in. That's why some people have really difficult lies is because during those first seven years, they're just struggling, right? We're, we're, we're trying to figure everything out. Why do we have to do this? We have to survive. We have to learn how to do basic functions of life. We also want to know how to function in our family. So we're not just taking in the basic things saying, okay, this is how you eat. This is how you walk. This is how you talk. We're also taking in how do we go through the day? What's what's the schedule like? When do we wake up in the morning? If your mom and dad wake up super early, you're thinking, oh, that's that's what we do. We wake up early. Or if your mom and dad wake up super late, that's what we do. We wake up late. You know, do mom and dad like going to work? 
Well, they look pretty sad when they're going out the door and then they look pretty beat up and tired when they get home. Well, work, work must not be very fun. So work's boring now, work's bad. So you're assigning all these meanings, all these, these thoughts and perspectives on the world. They're all coming from your family, right? In the first seven years of your life, when your brain is in this theta state, this hypnotic state, taking in all this information. This is such an important time. So, so during that side, that's where we learned all of our patterns, our habits, and we've assigned meanings and emotions to all the things around us. We're starting to do that. Now, what does that mean for us today? Well, like I said, most people aren't aware of how the brain works. So... What they're doing is during that first seven years of life, they're learning all the habits and patterns to survive and to live life from their family. So 95% of our brain activity and 95% of our lives, that everything we do on a regular basis, every single day after we wake up, go to sleep, you know, go through our days, 95% of it is subconscious. Let me, let me give you a little evidence of this. How many of you get up during today and you're like, oh, crap, I forgot how to walk. Hmm, let me think about this. Okay, there's my left foot here, my right foot here. Got to put this one down here. and oh, oh, I don't know how to balance. No, you learn that. When you learn how to walk as a child before the age of seven, you learn how to walk and you just remember it. And then you practice it every single day since then, right? But you can be in a car for hours and you know, really not walking a lot and then get up and still walk. Walking is something that's it's natural. It's ingrained in us because it's in our subconscious mind. Same thing with driving, right? At 16, that's after the age of seven, right? You you can go down the road and you start drifting off and then you're like, oh crap, what happened? Oh, man, I wasn't even paying attention for the past like four or five miles. Just been going, right? Because you're driving, you've done it so much. You've practiced it so much. It's just in your brain. Right? So what does this mean? What does my let me get back to my point. So how does this affect us today? That theta state. What does it mean that we took everything in before the age of seven and now we're we're not really sure what's going on? Well, ninety-five percent of our patterns and habits in life are controlled and are stored in the subconscious mind because of that theta state. Now, most people in life don't have the life they want because they're stuck in these habits and patterns that they don't even realize they're going through. How you react emotionally to things is a habit. You observed it at seven below, seven and below, and you took it in and said, okay, when this situation happens, this is how I react. This is the emotion that it invokes. All of these things were taken in before the age of seven, right? So if you feel like you're stuck in life, you feel like you can't quite get out of a position Right, like New Year's resolution, New Year's is coming up, right? Next week is uh, Christmas, but New Year's is coming up right after that. Everybody starts with New Year's resolutions, like, I'm going to change this about my life. They start trying to change, and they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. Well, they just give up. They go right back to the usual patterns and programs that their brain has taken in. Right? Have you ever heard the statement, you're the average of the five people you hang around? Right? We learn our habits and patterns before the age of seven hanging around our families. And then as we grow up, we find like-minded people, people are in the same habits and patterns, and we stick around them. Why? Because they're familiar. The brain goes to what's most familiar. And you got your frame of reference for familiar from your family. 
Is that enough for F sounding sounds in a sentence? You found your frame of reference and you're familiar from your family, something like that. Alliterations. There's an English term for all you English teachers out there listening to this. But what does that mean? Sometimes we feel stuck. We can't change. We're like, oh, I want to I want to change this. Then someone comes along and says, you know what? You remind me so much of your dad. Or you remind me so much of your mom. And you're like, I'm not like my dad. I'm not like my mom. Right? No, we're so different. So different. The reason they're saying that is because they're watching you and you do the same things just like your dad did. Why? Because you learned that pattern when you were a baby, when you were a kid. You know? So let me ask you a question. I got this from an entrepreneur named Dan Pena. If you look him up, be be careful know this that he's a very uh, explicit man he uses lots of language but he's very smart in his business uh, advice and, and how people learn and adjust to the world so and he's one of my people that i look up to in that sense but he's he, he'll ask an audience he'll say let me ask you a question how many of you in the audience raise your hand if you want to grow up and be just like your parents maybe a few people raise their hands right how many of you want your kids to grow up like your parents? Maybe the same people say that because they look up to their mom and dad. Their mom and dad are heroes. Nothing wrong with that. And then he says, do not raise your hands for this. How many of you want your kids to grow up to be just like you? And he goes, I bet there would be close to zero people in this room that would raise their hands for that. Because you don't want your kids to be just like you. You want them to be better than you. Because deep down you know you're not even close to what you're able to do and capable of doing in life. It's because we keep running the same patterns over and over and over again. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again expecting a different result. Why do we do this? We want more in life. We're striving for more in life. But unless we change the subconscious patterns and habits and the meanings we assign to things in our life through emotions... Changing it from a good to a bad, positive to a negative, or negative to a positive, sorry. Unless we do this work mentally, we're always going to get the same result. This is, this is one of the reasons, this is why I bet that kids that come from a home where they had divorced parents are way more likely to get a divorce than people who came from a home where the parents had a long, happy marriage. Right, You can break the statistics. I genuinely believe that. But the reason that is is because you watched your mom and dad, your, your two parents, interact in a certain way. And you watched them at below the age of seven and you took in those habits and those patterns. And it's those habits and patterns and the way that they walked through and acted in that relationship that caused the divorce. So you take these patterns and habits and you go live them out in your relationships and guess what happens? It doesn't go like you want it to because you're using the same habits and patterns that you learned from, and no offense to people if this is your situation, but you learn them from your parents who got a divorce. You have to realize that this is going on, right? So what do we got to do about this? Well, before the age of seven and under, you were in like a hypnotic brain state and it happened naturally. You know what? It was just going on. That was just the way your brain was. We had no frame of reference for anything, 
right? There was no like positive and negative. We learned that in that time. We learned what to believe about the world, what perspectives to take on, what values to have, what uh, emotions to feel in certain situations, how you should act in certain situations. You learn all these patterns and habits then. So what do we have to do about it? Right? If your brain was in a natural theta state, a natural hypnotic state learning it then, how can we do it today if we're not in that same state? Well, let me give you some tips and tricks how to do that. You may have heard that habits are formed um, in either any, anywhere from 20 to 30 days. Like if you do something every single day for 20 to 30 days, you can change your habits. That's true. That's very true. Because it takes repetition to change something. But to do that, you have to realize what your current habit is. Oh, I keep, I keep hitting the snooze button every single day when the alarm goes off. I want to quit doing that. So tomorrow, I'm going to hit that button, turn it off, and I'm going to get up out of bed immediately. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to sit around and go, oh, another day. I'm, you know, you're going to hit it, and you're going to get up out of bed. You have to wi- use your willpower and do that for so many days in a row, and eventually that will become a habit. Another thing is most people wake up out of bed with a negative attitude. They have negativity in their life. How can you get a positive life from a negative attitude? You don't. You need to be aware of the things you say to yourself and the attitudes you have, the emotions you attach to things. You wake up in the morning, you hit that alarm goes off. You wake up, most people think, oh, I got to go to work. Oh, my goodness. I, I hope I hope so-and-so is in a better mood today than they were yesterday because they're doing the same thing at home, wishing they weren't in the situation they were in, right? Because they still have the same patterns and habits. But when you wake up in the morning, you got to wake up, hit that alarm off, immediately get up and think, I'm so glad I woke up today. So many people died last night in their sleep, but I'm still here and I'm going to make the most of it. You got to tell yourself that. And then you got to think and assign meaning to the day. Like, oh, I'm going to be so productive to the day and it's going to feel good. And then you got to embody that emotion, the motion of oh, accomplishment. Just imagine that you did something you feel great about. Just imagine that feeling and embody that emotion. But by the way, your brain... Your subconscious mind does not know the difference between what is imagined and what is real. And as I said earlier, your brain goes to what's familiar. So if you familiarize your brain with positivity, with good values, good beliefs, if you put that into your mind, it'll take it in and it'll seek those things out. It'll go towards what's most familiar. You may have heard of people doing visualization. Right? You know, they want a, a different car, so they, when they're driving down the road in their junker, you know, as it's going down the road, you know, rattling, they're a mat. You gotta just stop that and imagine driving in a brand new car, what it would feel like. Imagine you're smelling the leather. Imagine yourself in that situation. People who are successful will say this works. Why? Here's why this works it's because your brain naturally goes to what's most familiar. It doesn't want to be in a situation that's not familiar because something that's unfamiliar could be dangerous and it doesn't know if it is or not, but I better keep you where we know, better keep you where we've been because if I do that, at least I know you're safe. That's the subconscious's job is to keep you alive, right? That's why it picks up all the patterns early in life so that you know how to survive, so you know how to operate within life. So you have to consciously understand that's what's going on and change it. Okay, visualization is a great thing. It familiarizes you with something different. 
right? If you sit in the morning, you imagine the perfect day every morning. You imagine the perfect day working out. And you feel what it feels like to walk through that day. You got a smile on your face. Everything's just great and dandy. There's a word nobody uses anymore, dandy. I was watching an older movie earlier. Maybe that's why I use that word. Everything's just wonderful, right? You walk through your day. Imagine doing that. Imagine that. And be specific. Be very specific. Go through all the details. The more details you have in that visualization, the more familiar it's going to feel. And as you walk through your day, the more likely that will happen. Right? Emotion, repetition is the way we change habits and patterns. But emotion is like giving it an extra boost of, of fuel. You know, if you want to get somewhere, you repeat it with your brain, you repeat it. But if you want to step on the gas and do it a little faster, a little stronger, a little better, attach an emotion to it. So when you're changing habits, make it fun, make it good, make it positive. And your brain will take it in. It's like, I want more of that. If you eat something that tastes good, your brain goes, that was good. I want more of that. That's why we all are ice cream junkies. And if you don't like ice cream, you're just strange and you, you know like what's wrong with you. But that's why we like junk food because when we eat it, it tastes good. The brain goes, that was good and we want to go back to it. That's why health habits are hard to break because the stuff that's not good for you tastes great. The stuff that is good for you sometimes doesn't taste great. doesn't taste great all the time. But we have to change the pattern, right? Change the pattern. Another thing to think about is affirmations, right? If you think you're negative, if your parents program negative beliefs in you about the world, like, you know what, we, son, we're just working class people. We don't deserve success. Or, you know what, I'm always, I'm always screwing up. I'm just a screw up, right? You hear somebody say that in the world, like, ah, just a failure. If you believe that about yourself, you need to change that. Through affirmations. Affirmations is another great thing. What is an affirmation? It's just, you know, it's just something simple. It's positive. Um, and it's in the imagining as if you are that way. Like, you know what? If, if for instance, one of the things that I've, I've always struggled with is organization, being disciplined. You know, I would say, wow, I'm so disorganized. I say that to myself a lot. To change that, what I would say is, I am an organized person. I'm an organized person. I make sure that I keep things where they're meant to be in my life. I'm really bad at that at home. And I'm not saying I have mastered this yet. For people in my life, they know I haven't. But I have to start changing my thinking. Because there's a system in your brain. It's called the RAS. Reticular activating. Activated. Blah, blah, blah. Reticular activating system. I believe that's what it is. I may be completely wrong. But anyways, it's called the RAS. And uh, I got this from a man named Ed Milet, who's a great businessman, great. Uh, he's a performance coach, really good guy, Christian guy, brother in Christ for me. But he says the RAS, you have to program your RAS every day. What you think about and what your thoughts are focused on, you will find. You ever been driving down the road, this is his example, not mine, and you notice a blue Honda. Right? Or, for example, let, let's say you're sh car shopping. Right, My mom, years ago, she bought a, a Toyota Venza. Still drives that car today. She drives a Toyota Venza. I've never seen a Venza before. Never even noticed it. I didn't even know they existed. They're like, we're looking at a Toyota Venza. I'm like, what's that? 
So we went to the lot. We looked at one. We saw one. They bought it. We're like, woohoo, new car in the family. It wasn't new, but it was used. But it's new to us, right? So we get in the car. We're driving down the road. And guess what we start noticing? We start noticing Toyota Venzas everywhere we go. There's red ones, silver ones, blue ones. We see them all over the place now. Does that mean they weren't there? No. They were there, but Toyota Venza didn't exist to us. We didn't know it existed. So we just, the brain never, it never clicked. Now, every time we go by one, we see one. Every time we see a Toyota Venza, I think, oh, it's my mom's car. Or that's one like my mom's car, right? I've assigned it a meaning. And so when we see a car, it has a meaning in our life. If you think about something, I guarantee more of it is going to come into your life. For example, if you want to change your beliefs, you know, good things happen to me versus, oh, everything bad is just happening. Some people think they're so unlucky. Love my dad, but he has a habit to pull up to an intersection or a stoplight. And in his mind, no one was there prior to him showing up. But he always imagines himself like he's the Bugs Bunny cartoon, the roadrunner, right? Wiley Coyote. He looks left as far as you can see, nothing. Right as far as you can see, nothing. Takes one step onto the road and all the cars come. They're just flying by. And there's all of a sudden, they're all there. It's like, what in the world? Take a step off, nothing again. Put it on, everything's coming. That's the way some people go through life. They, they think, every time I come to an intersection, there's always just traffic. I can never just turn. Well, if you think that, if that's a belief you have in your life, something you hold true, hold to be true in your mind, you're going to look for evidence that it's true, right? If you have beliefs, remember, what, is the, what does the subconscious job do is to keep you alive, right? If you have a belief that every time you come up there and that belief is strong in your mind, every time you come to the intersection, cars are going to come and you can't just turn. You're going to look for evidences in that. Meaning, you might go through the day, maybe 50% of the times you come up to a light or a stop sign, you can just go. But you're not going to notice those because your belief is that every time you do that, there's always traffic and you can't turn. So you got to wait two or three minutes or 45 seconds. Feels like an eternity, doesn't it? Anyway, but you're not going to notice the times where it just goes. Right? And so you got to program your beliefs through repetition, right? Affirmation, saying these positive things to yourself. Like I said, I, I have a struggle with organization. I am not even I am organized. A better, even better way to put it is I am learning and becoming more organized. I act in a way that is organizing my life. By the way, your brain can't tell what's true and what's false, what's real and what's imagined. So if you say that to yourself, it will become true to your subconscious mind and you'll act as if you're creating beliefs. Now, that's what you got to do to build new habits, right? If you have things that come into your life and you have a negative emotion attached to them, right? Some people were programmed as kids to not want money. Right or money or we don't deserve money or we don't deserve this. When you were younger, below the age of seven, when you heard something like this, for example, if you were playing high school sports, right? So just say someone was playing football. Coach, you go out there and you you're not running your best. You're not doing your best, coach. You know you come to the side after the game. You lost the game. He looks at you and just says, "You didn't deserve that win." 
you didn't play like you deserve it. You didn't deserve it. As a grown-up, as a kid, you know, when you're in high school, you can say, what does he mean by I didn't deserve it? Oh, he's right. I didn't work hard in practice this week. I didn't work out as good as I could have. I, uh, you know, I ate poorly. I, I did all the things that, that hurt me in that game. I could do better. I can do better. Now that's what I'm going to do this week, right? We have a frame of reference for that. But when you're a little kid and your mom and dad came to you and said, you don't deserve this. God, you're, uh, you're so annoying. Oh, you're, you're so, you know, and sometimes parents tell them wonderful things, right? Oh, you're so lovely. And that's what, that's what happens is you program, oh, I'm so beautiful when you're a little kid. Why? Because you don't have a frame of reference. To your mom and dad, you're always going to be gorgeous, right? Sometimes people are just negative and they don't say that, but, right? But you get assigned these things without a frame of reference. As a high school kid in sports, you say, I didn't deserve that. Why? Why didn't I deserve that? Well, I didn't work out hard this week. You can do that line of work, line of thinking. You can go through that process. But if you're a little kid and you hear, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve better. Okay. And you just accept it because you're in that hypnotic state. You shouldn't do that. There's a book that I read a while back that was one of the most impactful books uh, in my life. The first was the Bible. Second was Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. And the third one was this book. It's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Subtitle is The New Psychology of Success. How We Can Learn to Fulfill Our Potential. Right? And in this book, she did scientific studies and it proves and disproves and shows and showcases what happens with a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Most people have a mixture of these two things, but just let me give you some example. Growth mindset people, they're like, I'm always looking to grow and change. They believe that they can adapt and overcome and, and do anything. That's what growth mindset people do. They're looking for opportunities. They're looking for a chance to get better at things, a chance to, to learn something new. Those are growth mindset person. Then you have fixed mindset. Fixed mindset person thinks, I am the way I am. I can't change. I want to, if I, if I do something and I fail at it, um, I, I, I must be, I, I, I'm a failure. That's a failure thing. So I, I, I'm going to stay away from that. So they stay away from challenges. They stay away from new things and they stay in the little bubble of familiarity, by the way, which your subconscious brain wants. But if you believe that you're, you, that all you should do in life is succeed, you should never have failure, never have these problems. You have a fixed mindset. Your mind is fixed. You're fixed. Your life is fixed because you believe it. Growth mindset people, when failure comes into their life, let's just talk about failure. Growth mindset people, they go out a challenge, they see something hard, they're like, oh, a challenge, I can grow. And they fail at it. And they're thinking, hmm, what did I do wrong? Failure is a is a information-rich experience. You can learn so much from failure. Growth mindset people take that as a failure and they say, ooh, I can learn, oh, I learned this. What did I not do right? Oh, I didn't do this. I can try this differently. I can do that. They adjust it like Tom, uh, Tom's. Is it Thomas Edison? Yeah, Thomas Edison. He's making the light bulb. He failed 10,000 times at making the light bulb. I bet you he had a growth mindset. Every time he made a mistake, he said, you know what? That didn't work. Let's try something different. He adjusted and moved forward. Fixed mindset people would try to make the light bulb and say, well, can't be done. You know what? Might as well not even try again. Move on. Bye. Thank goodness Thomas Edison didn't have a fixed mindset because we'd be all, I'd be doing this in the dark right now. It's freaking winter. I know it's like, 6.30, but it's dark as can be outside. At least it feels like it. But thanks to Edison, we have light bulbs. And that technology was invented and perfected. And it gets better and better and better. The next thing is, is growth mindset people are willing to try new things where fixed mindset people are not. 
Why is this? Growth mindset people know that if they don't like something, it's okay. No big deal. Right? Right? They believe that they can adapt, change, and maybe there's a better life out there. Maybe if I try something new, it's something I'll really like. Right? They have a positive attitude towards it and their growth mindset. They want to grow and change. Fixed mindset people are like, I like what I like. I don't need to try new things. Why would I go to a new restaurant? The one I eat at all the time is just perfectly fine. What's wrong with it? And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just going to stay here. It's familiar. There's no challenge. There's no, there's no difficulty in that. It's just the same pattern, same thing. There's no change. One thing about growth mindset people is, to me, they're usually humble people. And they stay positive, right? When something, a failure happens, they're thinking, hmm, how can I learn from this, right? They stay humble because if your ego and you keep failing, you're like, oh, no, right? That's a fixed mindset person. Fixed mindset people are egotistical. You know, they do something and they're not good at it. They think, oh, I don't want to do that again because that makes me look like a failure, right? That they're, they can only be one thing, a failure or success. They can't be someone growing or learning new things. They have to be a failure or success. So they fail out and they say, well, I'm not going to do it again because if I keep doing that, it just makes me a failure. So I'm going to go do something that I know I'm good at, that I'm positive is going to work and just keep doing that and I'll look like a winner the whole day. Oh, it's great. You just never go anywhere. And most people realize that, but most people are stuck in a fixed mindset. Why? Because they don't know a growth mindset exists. There's a lot of people in the world that believe that IQ was a fixed thing. You take the IQ test and you have an IQ of 100. Well, that's it. You can't change that. That's your IQ. So what can, as a 100, person, as a 100 IQ person, what can I do in my life? Hmm. Probably I, won't, I probably won't be some kind of scientist because they're smart people. They have above 100 IQs. Probably not going to go into rocket science. So my dream of working for Elon Musk at SpaceX is probably out. Um, you know, I'm not very, you know, I'm not a computer person. You know, I'm probably not smart enough to be a computer person. So I'm not going to work at Apple, nothing like that, right? They're fixed mindset people. But if you do the history check on the IQ test, the IQ test was built to study whether the French school system was working whether it actually increased the intelligence and, and got kids from where they are to a better place mentally and in school. The IQ test was to, was to measure growth. The founder of the IQ test was like, no, this isn't a fixed thing. It's a fluctuating thing. People can change their IQ. They can grow. They can adapt. They can learn new things. Tom Bilyeu, a great entrepreneur, he says, human beings are the most, are the, our adaptability machines. That's our gift, is we can adapt, we can change. Animals always do the same thing. Human beings, we can change, we can adjust, we can do things differently. But only if we know how the subconscious and the conscious mind work together. And we can change our habits and patterns and programs that are in there and emotions and meaning towards things, change them to how we want them to be that get us to where we want to go. If you think I can't grow, you're never going to go try to try to find your purpose. And then when you finally figure out something that you like and you, you're like, oh, I would love to be that, but I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. Change your beliefs. Quit saying that crap. Instead of I'm not smart enough to think, you know what? I'm intelligent and I can learn new things. Change it to that. Why? Because if you say, I'm intelligent and I can learn new things, now you're opening up a door of possibility. And you start moving forward. 
Maybe you're not taking leaps and bounds, but you're doing inch by inch, right? Just a little bit of progress every day. But if you can, as long as you can see that progress, it gives you hope for that thing. Some people just learn faster than others. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I learned slower with some things in school than other people did. Struggled in school. Everyone's like, oh no, cool, special. Better put them in special classes. Ticked me off. I know I'm smart. And my mom and my dad knew that too. They just knew I struggled in school and they couldn't figure out why. It's because I didn't want to be there. That's why. But you got to learn. You can have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And some people, just the awareness that those two things exist can help them. So there you go. You have it. I, I highly recommend that book, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Right? Um, another thing I want to think about, another book. Like I said, there's three books here, my top three books. There's the Bible, there's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and there's Mindset. I spoke about Mindset, but I'm going to talk about Rich Dad, Poor Dad in a little bit. So the subtitle for Rich Dad, Poor Dad is this. It's what the rich teach their kids about money that the poor and the middle class do not. Like I said, the first seven years of life are you taking in all the patterns and habits and emotions Emotional habits and patterns, relational habits and patterns, all that stuff from your parents, right? So if you were born into a poor family, you pick up poor people habits. No offense if you were or not. You can fight your way out of that, but it's, you know, it's difficult. But you have to change these things that I'm talking about. But if you're born to rich parents, wealthy parents, you have the habits and patterns of a rich, wealthy people. There's a lot of kids that follow in the footsteps of their parents and if you really kind of got them thinking and asked them questions where they had to consciously answer them, they're really, they might be really, really dumb, right? They're like, when they start thinking for themselves, like, oh, 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 they start sounding stupid. I'm not saying a lot of people that way, but there's some people out there. But they're successful. And they're making money. Why? Because they're living out the program that their parents taught them. They watch their parents go to work early, come back late, have a good attitude. You know, when you get money, it's not it's not an opportunity to go buy something. It's an opportunity to invest in a company, to put it somewhere and make it work for you. You learn these things. That's what Rich Dad Poor Dad is about. It's about changing the way you think about money, your money habits, patterns, and programs. One of my great influences as far as a mindset goes is, is a guy named Dr. Bruce Lipton. He, he had a podcast I was listening to that he was doing that I'll recommend. He spoke about this because... People are just living it out. That's why the rich stay rich and the poor get poor, stay poor. And not very many people cross those lines. It's because they have these habits and patterns embedded in them. Now, remember, change, you can change those through repetition. Speed that up through emotion, signing a good emotion to those habits and patterns you want. Change your beliefs about the way you see the world. If somebody you know was raised in a poor household but the people parents said, you know what, we're just poor people. We don't make a lot of money, but we're happy with what we have. Oh, we're happy with what you have. Be happy with what you have. There's nothing wrong with that. It's uh, very admirable. It's very noble to say that. But making money is not bad either. You should, if you want to make more money, you should go make more money. Instead of thinking we are just where we are, think, you know what? I, I can grow. Start changing that belief system by repeating positive affirmations. You can go Google how to come up with affirmations. There's 100 million resources out there about that. Right, none of them are from. Not all of them are good, but you're you're an intelligent human being. Figure it out. You take in enough, you're gonna figure out how to do that. All of these things, you can go research everything I'm saying. So, remember these things. How do you change your habits and patterns? Repetition. How do you change your beliefs? You got to change how you think. And when you change the the patterns and habits of what you say to yourself and how you think, 
and what you consciously think, you can slowly but surely change your beliefs. If you want to speed any of those things up, assign an emotion to it. Not a negative emotion like, oh, this is difficult, but a good emotion like, when I do these things, it feels good. And imagine yourself feeling good. Put yourself in that mental state. If you stop right now and think, what makes me happy? You're going to think about something in your life that makes you happy. and You have that feeling in you. And then just take that feeling and assign it to the thing you're thinking about. The thing you want to change. The new habit. The new pattern. The new line of thinking. The new belief. Make it feel good. Make your brain say, I want to do this. Do that. Remember, growth versus a fixed mindset. You can change. You can grow. You can seek out challenges, right? If, if challenge is something you're scared of, start changing that belief, saying challenge is something I, I look forward to because I can grow and I can become a better person, stronger person. It's a great thing. So growth versus fixed mindset. Learn to change that. Now, let me give you some resources to go look at that, right? Something that you should do, action steps. This is what I'm going to call action steps. This is how I'm going to start ending the podcast because I realize I start rambling at the end and I don't really give a good close. So here we go. Um, like I said, this whole thing is a test. It's a rough draft for the concept of the glory venture philosophy. So action steps. One of the things you need to do is sit down with yourself in solitude and analyze your life, these patterns, these habits. Start analyzing question things. And when you think of one that you don't like, write it down. And then think about how you can change it. Write that down too. Right? Set a goal that you're going to do these things. You're going to change these habits. I'm going to talk about goals in the next podcast. You know, if you want to go from where you're at to where you want to be, you should set goals. How do you do that successfully? I'm going to talk about that. So write those things down. Now, other things you can go do. Get the book. Mindset by Carol Dweck, The New Psychology for Success. You can get it anywhere on Amazon. Um, Get that book. It's great. Another book, if you specifically, if you want to change your money habits and your patterns that you were taught about money, pick up the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. It's a little purple book. It says Rich Dad in big yellow letters and Poor Dad in little white letters because you don't want to be poor. Anyways, that'll give you the mindset of a rich person, how they think about money, the patterns and habits that they use when it comes to signing meaning and how you operate with your money. It's not about much money you make. It's about what you use it for when you get it and how you change your money habits. That book is great for that. And it's the second most influential book in my personal life. Another book. Um, I referenced some things that I got from a man named Ed Milet. There's a book you can get. It's called Max Out Your Life. Um, I may be wrong on this, but I think you can get it free if you just pay shipping on his website. You can Google it, Ed Milet, hashtag max out your life. Um, all of his content is absolutely wonderful. He interviews great people on his podcast. So go get that. Um, another book that I love is called The Power, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz, another doctor. That's a great, uh, another great book. There's other books out there, um, lots of other books. Those are just a few I've read in recent years that I have, and I have plenty of books on my shelf. Pretty much every single personal development book that you'll pick up will in some way, shape, or form talk about what I talked about on this podcast, mindset. Even if they don't realize it, it's a part of what they do to be successful because you have to. If you don't know how to change your programs and your habits in life, you're never going to get anywhere different.
you're just going to stay where you are. That's why you feel like your life is just this never-ending cycle because these habits, these patterns, these programs never change. Another thing to go do is listen to a podcast. Uh, the podcast is London Real, and the episode is with Bruce Lipton, and it's titled The Biology of Belief. He talks about the biology of the belief. It was a podcast done back in 2017, and I listened to that podcast once, and it changed the way I thought about so many things. He's a biologist, and he specifically talks about health and how your brain and your thoughts and your beliefs affect your physiology, your biology. You know, you think of people who are hypochondriacs, they think themselves into being sick. Most people, when they go into the hospital, their mind and how they think is what got them there in the first place. So that's a problem. Another thing, uh, you know, look up any of his books. I would recommend them. I've never read any of them, but I would recommend them because I, uh, I'm in love with Bruce Lipson's work. He says some amazing work in epigenetics. He created a whole new field of study. So go listen to that podcast, and if you want to get any more of his stuff, uh, do that. So those are your action steps. Go get those books. Go listen to those podcasts. The podcast is free. The books are not. you got to buy them um, unless you somehow get free books. If you do, let me know. I'd like to get free books too. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a part of the Glory Venture Nation, this Glory Venture life where we had to help you find and fulfill your purpose that's bigger than yourself, your unique purpose that only you can do. Remember that. You have to find it. You have to fulfill it. You're the only person who can. Thank you so much for joining us, and we challenge you guys to find and fulfill your glory venture today. Thank you so much. Have a great life.